0: Good morning. This is Andrea Stevens, and I'm glad to be with you today in God's Word in Joshua chapters 3 and 4. As we come to chapter 3, Moses has died, and the mantle of the leadership of God's people has been passed to capable Joshua. Well, Verse 5 in chapter 3 sets the stage with a bit of foreshadowing. We know something incredible is getting ready to happen when Joshua instructs the Israelites to consecrate themselves. For tomorrow, he says, the Lord will do wonders among you. And then through a miraculous crossing of the Jordan River, our way maker God makes a way through the water into the promised land. The Lord's instructions to Joshua and the people of how this astounding passage should take place are detailed and specific and remind them once again that the living God is in their midst. Let's read together chapters 3, verses 14 to 17, and then chapter 4, verses 4 to 7 and 19 to 24. When the people set out from their tents to pass over the Jordan, with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people, and as soon as those bearing the Ark had come as far as the Jordan, and the feet of the priests bearing the Ark were dipped into the brink of the water, The waters coming down from above stood and rose up in a heap, and those flowing down were completely cut off, and the people passed over opposite Jericho. Now the priest bearing the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firmly on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all Israel was passing over on dry ground until all the nation finished passing over the Jordan. Then Joshua called 12 men from the people of Israel, whom he had had appointed, a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come, What do those stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it passed over the Jordan. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. The people came up out of the Jordan on the tenth day of the first month, and they encamped at Gilgal on the east border of Jericho. And those twelve stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up at Gilgal. And he said to the people of Israel, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. Well, walking across a dry riverbed with water piled up on each side is just not something you see every day or even in a lifetime. But God's people experienced an amphibious trek like this not once but twice. Their exodus from Egypt began on the dried up floor of the Red Sea And now it ends in much the same way upon the solid ground at the bottom of the Jordan River. The Lord instructed them to bring twelve stones from the dried-out riverbed up onto the shore. These stones of remembrance were to serve as a memorial of the Lord's provision and deliverance. We encounter this same concept of stones of remembrance again later when the prophet Samuel sets up stones, creating what he calls an Ebenezer— to help God's people recall when the Lord defeated the Philistines. The Lord's prompting of these monuments shows us that He wants us to know Him and to saturate the hearts of our children with His love that they may be transformed by His goodness and His power and that we would love Him and trust Him. Well, we can take Joshua's exhortation in chapter 3, verse 5 to heart that we too should consecrate ourselves in preparation for the Lord's work of marvels in our own midst. I wonder how our days would be affected if we started them not with ceremonial cleansing, but with a simple prayer of devotion and commitment saying, Thy will be done. And then with eyes of faith, believing He is working for our good in ways we can't see, what if we walked in expectation, being on the lookout for His presence, and his beauty, and his unique care for us, I wonder how we might be changed by this shift of perspective. When we face our own raging rivers of suffering and illness and despair, and they feel impassable and impossible, might we remember our sea-stacking God and our forefathers' hikes across riverbeds and ocean floors? And with simple faith, might we lean into his presence and rest in in His love, and remember that we are never out of His reach. And in those times that He parts the sea on our behalf, might we choose a stone from its bed and put it in a place where we can see it often and remember that He is with us and for us, and He will never let us down. And might those same stones be a way to tell our children and our grandchildren and those who don't yet know Him, of the greatness of our God. Let's tell our own story, our unique testimony of the time when the paths seemed impossible, when the waters raged rough and angry, but our God made a way, so that like in verse 24, all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty. Oh, may it be so. Let's pray. Our Lord, our way-making, sea-parting God, we thank you for your care of your people in these chapters and how it mirrors your care of us today. May we be a people who remember, who raise our own Ebenezer's, that we might draw strength and courage, recalling all your faithfulness to us. And as we remember, may we be eager to tell of your goodness to anyone and everyone who will listen. Amen.